Hello and welcome back to the Casual Anime Podcast, doing our first collaboration of 2019. We did once again dabble in the world of mecha anime, so naturally we had to ask Ian if he would make a return appearance. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well. Very well, thanks, Frederick. Very well. How are you? I'm doing very well, too. Ian is, of course, the host of the Retro Anime Podcast and also the Retro Mecha Podcast, also... He's an expert in his field, so to say, so, I mean, there's probably a bunch of terms that are going to come up that we aren't aware of, that you can cue us into when we get there. Yep, yeah, hopefully I can, uh, yeah, add some uh, sort of background and some mecha history to uh, to this discussion. Yeah, and I mean, I say we, but my usual co-host has some car issues today, so he sadly couldn't make it, and that's the first. Uh, from what I gather, he wasn't really impressed by this show at any rate, so... I mean, what is your verdict? Was this acceptable? Did it exceed expectations? What do you think? So, I actually quite enjoyed Gridman. Um, I thought it got off to a bit of a shaky start. Definitely. Um, the first sort of three episodes, I thought, were very roller coasterish. Um, that there were some real high points, but then it was, I don't know, it was just a bit wobbly, and I wasn't sure what the story was doing. Um, I was a bit unsure about some of the characters, but it started to get a bit better. And I think that episode six, where you got a few, well, you got a few uh, um, sort of more detail. Well, you got a lot more details about the sort of background of the series, and you got quite a big reveal in that episode. And I think from there onwards, it actually started to get better and better, um, and it was far more engaging. And that second half of the series. Uh, from six onwards, I thought was really, really good. And overall, I thought, you know, sort of, it really elevated um, this, you know, my sort of a reckoning of the series. And, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I got to that point where, you know, after episode six, I was really looking forward to it week after week. Yeah, I'm kind of with you with that. I mean, if you took episode one at face value, I mean, it certainly exceeded expectations. But it's like it's obvious that there's a lot more to this series that first meets the eye, mm. and that's probably the best place to start. Is like the initial impressions uh, start. It's like the super standard amnesia boy turns yeah. hero is like uh, able to integrate with a giant robot and you just take it from there, fighting one monster episode for episode. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought the first episode was just a very, very by the numbers opening episode it didn't do anything that was particularly special or particularly new um as you say it was a standard sort of amnesia uh boy who who suddenly became a superhero so uh um yeah it didn't it didn't really inspire me at all i mean he's such a blank slate that i basically had forgotten he had amnesia by episode four like (laughs) oh yeah he has he had amnesia that's right I mean, the yeah, first, put... yeah, episode two was quite choppy too. I like something mm. about it, but then it exploded in like this uh, massive uh, fight scene, and I was thinking, well, I guess they put a lot of effort into something I don't care about yeah. yet, so that's pretty yeah. impressive. So we'll just take it from there. Yeah, because it was like the first few episodes, and once it started getting into that bit where, um, you know, the the classmates would get killed off. And then the world reset. Once it it did things like that, which built a kind of 
a bit of intrigue into the show. Who's doing it? Who's creating the kaiju? But then the bits outside of that were really, I don't know, a bit nondescript. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and it was, and I say it was that roller coaster of some real high points surrounded by a load of mediocrity um, that wasn't really fully engaging me. And I, I was like, well, do I like this or don't I? Because these bits of it I really like. But as an episode, I'm a bit, you know, shrug my shoulders. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not too bothered. You know, the thing is, I, once I tend to get to about the sort of third or fourth episode, I never drop a series. I tend to just like, I'm this far in, I'll see how it closes. Um, I very, very rarely stop watching something after an episode. Um, and it was Mecca, so I had to watch it just to kind of see <laughs> yeah. um, what happened in it. So, I mean, I'm glad I, I did stick with it. Uh, you know, a, a lot of really the way the char- the um, characters developed and the story developed, um, and you know, some of the nods to uh, classic Mecca were, you know, were really good. Yeah, I guess it was kind of the deaths that kind of kept me watching because it's like, uh, well, for for a moment, it could always almost look like this was like a, a toy selling ploy or something where they're gonna mm. sell Gridman. Yeah, because it looked so uh, like a, a transformer, and they just put them in boxes and sell them to kids. Yeah, but then absolutely. you remember that people are dying, so it's like it has to be something more than this. Yeah, and I think with the you know the the sort of kaiju statues that were all in the sort of distance, you know, they were sort of um, silhouette-y and the fact there was only a few people that could see them, yeah. um, and then you learned that these statues you know they sort of reset the world afterwards there was the you know that bit of it early on is what kept me sort of hooked because it's like there's something more going on here and i want to find out what that is there's you know there was enough seeds sown early on that it's like well there's going to be some big reveals there's you know if they if if this plays out properly and it's properly written um you know we're going to get some decent reveals which will you know, grow this world and we'll find out, you know, what's behind all these characters. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, like, being able to magically rebuild and erase this world uh, during the night or whenever. And also yeah. the ability to uh, erase memories. Yeah. And I mean, were you at all familiar with the source material to this? Because if you were, I guess this entire thing would slot easier into place of how all of this makes sense. Yeah, so I wasn't. So I mean, I've I've never watched Tokusatsu. Um, no. And I guess it's not because it's not appealed, but I've just typically have always watched anime. And then when I kind of understood what Tokusatsu was, probably in the late nineties and whatever, it just now just one of those things I've never really watched. Um, the live action thing doesn't has never really appealed to me like the anime or the animation has because of the reasons why I like animation. Um, so I've, I've never really bothered with um, Tokusatsu. So I've never really, you know, I knew the, the Gridman and some of the things it was harking back to, but I, I've never seen it to have any point of reference as to, you know, the sort of um, cues it was paying you know yeah paying all like the callbacks to the 90s and even the 60s yeah yeah to all that really early classic tokusatsu stuff 
I think uh, both me and Karsten didn't know anything going in. And I mean, firstly, the one, one thing we should have paid attention to is who Trigger partnered up with for making this story. And that was like uh, Subaraya Productions or something, yeah. the creators of yeah. Godzilla and all like the yeah. original uh, Kaiju. Yeah. And so I that think was, Ultraman that was a key too. There, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That should be like a big flag of what is to come. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm sort of not overly familiar with a lot of that. So, um, again, I've seen a lot of the classic Godzilla films. I've seen a lot of, you know, I've seen the Gamera films. But the sort of history behind them, I'm, I'm not so hot on. So, again, some of those sort of company names and that didn't sort of ring that bell. Um, but on top, despite, well, alongside the tokusatsu stuff, you know, this series is in many ways um, a love letter to 80s and 90s mecha anime. Yeah. but All the think... way through, there were cues back to series. Do you actually know if this was a success in Japan? Do you think it worked? Or do you um, think it was like kind of the lukewarm reception it got here? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I actually um, haven't checked the figures myself. No, I haven't checked. I mean, if you look at, I was looking around um, earlier, uh, you know, across the internet. I mean, this series typically seems to get about seven out of ten. Um, if you look at a lot of IMDb, uh, Anime News Network, a lot, you know, various uh, mouths, you know, typically it's around the seven out of ten mark seems to be its um, score, which uh, I think is probably. Probably about a fair, a fair point for a typical fan. So it seems to have got a decent reception, if if not an outstanding one. Yeah, I, I can see that definitely. I mean, I think a stronger start would definitely have been better for it. It's like yeah. what a lot of shows are running on this day. A very strong episode one, and then it may may maybe peter off, but people might not actually notice that because they're so invested already. Yeah, and when you've only got 12 episodes to play with, um, having a few, well, you know, we said certainly the first three episodes I found kind of middling. Um, I say high points surrounded by um, some mediocrity. Um, that's a core of the series gone. So, you know, it's you kind of lost the impact or, you know, the, the available screen time in those episodes Yeah, um, to have an impact on the series. You know, it did. The second half was great, but, you know, it had that great run of seven episodes from episode six to 12. But that's only seven episodes. So it's only half the series. So, you know, and then it was over and it's like, OK, it got got really good. I really enjoyed it. And then it was over. So, you know, that that feels like a bit of a missed opportunity to me. Yeah, I mean, what kind of caught my uh, interest was maybe just a coincidence. But I mean, the main characters share the name of like a. Kyoto Animation's production is like Chunibyo, which basically explores the concept of uh, LARPers. Are you familiar with LARPers? Uh, no. It's people who like role play in real life. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so, LARPers. Yeah, LARP. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's like it live action role plays. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. like a red flag. That wait, maybe yeah. this isn't real. Yeah. But I think that's probably just a coincidence. But it's like when the show goes on, it's like it did catch my eye a, lot, a couple of things that just looked like an 
amalgamation of other shows and like all these yeah. name drops and things that look like other things like Alexis look like a cross between Inferno Cop and Senketsu wearing Kamina sunglasses. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't uh, stop seeing all of these weird things that looked like we were ripped from somewhere yeah. else, which m would make sense given this world is like a, supposed to be a computer simulation or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's why I was saying, you know, that the series um, felt like a bit of a love letter to, to 80s and 90s Mecha because, I mean, episode eight, as a Mecha fan, actually, I really enjoyed because that's, I think that's the one where you got the transformation sequence, um, you know, which harked back to the Brave series, which, you know, the Hark series, um, the Brave series harks back to, you know, 70s um, super robot shows because I'm actually watching um, Deltanius Robot of the Future for the Mecha podcast and, um, the the transformation sequence in that you know 40 years ago is you know is basically the transformation sequence you see in in gridman so you know the one was ripping off riffing off one 20 years prior which was riffing off something else which came 20 years you know prior to that so um you know it was a, a pure you know homage to to 70s 80s 90s mecca um episode eight it really was and there was lots of other things in there there was you know the the, the abari sword yeah. shot um you know there was lots of homages to um evangelion i think the school was called neon genesis high school or junior school or something yeah they like the for um uh, like uh, mecca pieces that combine with uh, gridman is they all attend yeah. the neon genesis uh, high school or something yeah yeah um, you know, and there were lots of shots taken straight from Evangelion, you know, the sort of um, sitting on a train silently and the the bells ringing and the the crickets chirping, you know, sh shots of the schools with the crickets chirping. You know, there was lots and lots of um, homages like that, which in some ways I think possibly went a little bit over the top. But I think unless you're a fan of the genre and you've seen all that stuff, from 20 or 30, 40 years ago, you know, it would just go straight over your head. But I think that's the clever part, though, because here they have the ex have the excuse. They could just say, well, Akenai, which is like the creator of this world, has seen all those things. And yeah, that is yeah. by her inspiration. She's pulled all of these things into this world. Yeah, and, you know, when, um, you know, she's a, she creates the kaiju and she has those scenes of um, Utsumi where, you know, he's geeking out with her over, you know, the model magazines and yeah. and everything, you know. So absolutely, it's like, yeah, she's seen all this stuff, so she's going to use it in her world. Yeah, she's basically just playing a more advanced Sims, and then she's just uh, <laughs> gotten sucked into it. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically what she's doing. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I get that, and I, so I think maybe it's got a little bit for everything, and I think, you know, one of the things is that you know if you look on Twitter, there's a lot of people saying, oh, it's got this, and there's a lot of chatter about the the references, and so I think if you liked the show, but you'd never seen all that mecha from the 80s and 90s or whatever, then I think you would possibly be like, oh, okay, it's harking back to this. Maybe I ought to go and check out. Gal Guy Gar or 
Dultanius or something, you know, it's um, or you know, some of the Masami Abari shows, um, you know, it, it you know, prompted you to go and check out, you know, the classics from the 80s and stuff. So, um, yeah, so and that benefit that could, for me, that can only be a, a good thing if it, it makes people seek out, um, the shows that it was paying um, homage to, yeah. And I mean, you were already getting into this, so this is probably your area of expertise. I mean, how does the Gridman designs actually compare up to like every everything else? I mean, so I think especially so Gridman, I think very much has the classic. Well, for me, um, on on what I've seen typically on clips and 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 just stills is seems to be very much a classic Tokusatsu design. Um, but then when it powers up and you have the um, fully combined Gridman um, that appears in the later, you know, that's just classic. Yeah. Um, that's just classic combination mecha sort of design. Uh, you know, it's there's nothing particularly original about it, but it's, you know, it's a good um, homage to, um, to to those series, really. I mean, I thought it was a really good-looking show. I, I, you know, I, I thought the animation in it was um, was really good, and you know, the action sequences were well choreographed. Yeah, um, I mean, Christian said there should be more fights, but I, I don't know if they could actually manage to put more fights in it. It seemed like they put everything into the fight scenes and very little into everything else. So, I mean, I think they were already pushed to the limits of what they could actually achieve. Yeah, and I think again within the twelve episodes, if you're too careful, uh, if you're not too careful, I should say, you you put too much in the fight scenes, and you you give no room for the story of the characters to develop. Yeah, and the whole thing with Akane and Rika um, and Auntie's story as well, you know, I think if you'd had too much more fight scenes in it, you wouldn't have had the room for for those stories to, to develop. And they were really interesting stories as well. You know, Rika's reveal, you know, her her part in the whole world and her relationship with Akane um, and Auntie, you know, how he was treated by Akane and how he, you know, he effectively sort of joined the good guys at the end um, and, and, you know, how he was treated and everything. So, which was really interesting. And that's what really got the story one of the things that made the story really interesting in the second half of the series, I thought. Yeah, it definitely definitely gave gave you more people to root for, and mm, definitely. I mean, one one kind of cringy bit I kind of saw was like uh, when they were going into uh, the computer. I was kind of cringing every time he. <laughs> he did like that classic. Uh, I don't know what to call it, even. Maybe a Ben yeah. 10 uh, Cartoon yeah, Network exactly. uh, yeah. transformation. That's that's one of the things. And I think, again, the whole watch thing, isn't it, um, is, is a very tokusatsu um, trope. Yeah. And like I say, it's a Ben... Yeah, Ben 10 definitely comes to mind. And, you know, it's a very popular thing. And, it, and, that, and that's where it felt um, in places. It Stuff like that made it feel a little bit um, kids' cartoon. I think, you know, there was those things. Um, but yeah, it was, I think it was kind of fair for the territory. So one thing I definitely noticed uh, was like, uh, 
There was like a very um, formulaic way the fight scenes uh, built up. It was like always the uh, the song came out on or uh, almost immediately, and that was kind of surprising. He's like, mm. "Well, shouldn't you save this for a more epic moment because you are playing this song once every episode?" Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was kind of a tension killer or if it's like. Uh... I guess people like repetition, so why not? Yeah, I, I mean, and typically those shows you end up with a lot of repetition in them. You know, if you yeah, the transformations but... were very repetitive after a while. It's like the same, the same twenty seconds of them combining. Yeah, and then if you watch seventies and eighties mecha shows, uh, you know, Brave. Um, any of the Brave series, you know, every episode you get two minutes of the same transformation sequence. And it might change when you get the mid-series upgrade, you know, you get the uh, change in transformation sequence with it, but then you possibly get then get another 24 episodes of that transformation sequence. So, you know, especially with the sort of repetitive use of the same weapons, I mean, that just goes, that really does go the territory with things based on Super Robot. Um, genre yeah definitely but the thing is within 12 episodes it starts you haven't got it's not long enough for it to become really rep repetitive but you've only got those episodes and wasting a bit of time on that but again it depends what audience you're playing to if you're, if you're playing you know if you're sort of pandering to the um the, you know the classic mecha thing then you know you kind of want to see that because you expect it because that's what a super robot show has you know it has that sort of glorious repetitive um, or glorious transformation scene that you watch every every episode yeah and i mean they just came off uh, making darling in the franks so i mean it's like yeah that was a completely different kind of show Completely yeah, exactly. different designs and completely different like uh, scope of what they had in mind. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it was good to get away from that. Yeah. So you know, Frank's. You know, you would say sits in that um, sort of real robot thing. You know, it didn't have the repetitive um, transformation sequences or anything like this. But you know, this. Uh, this certainly did a, a better job in, in half the time, I, I thought, so. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of a fan of... Uh, or I wouldn't even call her the series bad guy, because she isn't really that bad. I mean, well, no. I mean, she gleefully laughs at someone's death, but I mean, it's like, uh, what are these people to her in the beginning? She doesn't really la learn to love until someplace out out there i guess no absolutely and you know i think what's quite clever is a way that she's um manipulated by alexis yeah you know i think that's i think how that plays out and then toward in the last few episodes when alexis kind of pushes her and then starts doing something on herself um i think that's i think that's really really quite clever how how that that developed um you know he was uh, alexis was dissatisfied with um Akane's, you know what she was doing with the kaiju and you know she started to have a bit of a change of heart or whatever and then he was less able to manipulate her 
Um, so you, Alexis had to take things into her own hands. So, um, But I'm a little unsure was... what his main goal was. I think his main goal was crushing Gridman. But yeah. what I kind of gather is that he already had kind of defeated Gridman and he was split into a bunch of uh, parts and ended up here. And that is why he's like... Uh, he enters Utah and is uh, ended up in like four other different states too, who has to combine. I think that is what is going on, but that's never explained at any point. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Alexis, yeah, I thought Alexis was. I thought he was a great character. Um, you know, I thought that was... It was pretty I calm that, and composed and like... Yeah, that, basically. yeah. Yeah. And I thought there was this... Almost... The way he was presented, he was almost this sort of silhouette figure just sort of lurking um, in, you know, always sort of looking over Akane's shadow. Yeah, I was... Um, I was always uh, expecting that someone else would come from the shadows too. I mean, there's like a bunch of other characters who suddenly show up. Yeah. And give us hints of what is happening. It's like, well, they almost faked me out with an alien invasion. I was like, no, Trigger, you didn't. Yeah. When they reveal the sky and it's like, well, are aliens attacking? Yeah, you see, that was quite a good bit. That was, I think, when that reveal came, um, I was like, oh, there's, you know, it was... It, the way it kind of drip fed or revealed the pace at which it revealed those was was just right i thought i thought those things came at just the right points which is why the second half of the series was really good because it it got quite clever in in just how it gave you these these reveals and and built a bit more to the world and it's like oh there's a bit more going on here so we're going to go on that then we're going to get this so there's a bit more going on you know reveal, revealing a bit more so i, I like that i i thought that was part of it that really really um sort of really got me hooked in the in the second half i did find it a bit strange though that uh gridman who refuses to hurt humans uh like uh is willing to do a first strike on a new like on like a new life force or something i don't know yeah. if he knew if, if it actually was a kaiju and not an alien but yeah i don't know he probably knew i mean he's gridman after all yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm the whole um, old school PC thing in the junk shop. I mean, that bit, I don't know, felt a bit cheesy. I guess they had to gimp them out in some way. I mean, yeah, yeah. there had to be some way that, that Akane couldn't just figure out what was going on. I mean, she's been running this simulation again and again and again, trying to get rid of Gridman, and it's just not yeah. working. But the, um, but, yeah. Because Rika's mum, I thought she was hilarious. She was a she was a great character. Oh, she's a she's an de absolute delight. <laughs> I thought she was just quite funny. She was just not with it or so blasé about it. Um, I thought that was quite quite entertaining. Yeah, and that kind of explains how uh, Rika is the way she is. She's like a yeah so down for skipping school it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think i mean i think that again i think the characters were quite 
well developed within within the twelve episodes. Um, I thought they were quite a good set um, of characters, and I think all their stories kind of got sort of satisfactorily rounded out by the end. Yeah, I especially liked the way like uh, everyone grew quite a bit when in yeah. during the dream sequence, especially is like well. No, I realize things can't be this good. This isn't right. There is something wrong here. Uh, either that uh, something this good could never happen to me. I could never have been friends with Akane. Or, um, all of us can't be going to this beach place or whatever. This has to be a dream. We have to wake up. And that yeah. kind of makes like it's like this uh, Gurren Lagann-esque uh, dream sequence too. It's like when everyone is... Realizing this can't be real, it's like yeah, and has to get back to the sad reality. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so it developed on that and you know rounded out the the series quite well. I I think there was I think it packed quite a bit, or it felt like it was trying to pack quite a bit into that last episode. Yeah, I mean it's also thematically consistent with the way Akane wakes up in the real yeah. world. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you thought about that. That's kind of surprising that they uh, decided to have, like, uh, live-action footage. Yeah, that was quite... Well, again, when I saw that, that, again, feels like a hark back to Evangelion, which used live-action footage in its last episode as well. Yeah. So that that was another final um, homage to... Um, to you know those 90s mecha shows so i wasn't surprised by that at all because if you look back in through classic mecha the um i can't remember if it's the end of the tv series i think it's the end of be invoked the um the uh, idion movie has live action in it when it comes to uh, um a conclusion so again this is where some of this stuff you know, is a is a riff on a riff. So, um, you know, Evangelion is, you know, heavily influenced by Idion. So some of those visual cues from Idion were used in Evangelion. And then, you know, where this is riffing on and paying homage to shows like Evangelion, they're using that stuff by, like using the live action um, stuff into cut with the animation so that didn't surprise me at all yeah and it was, that, that's something i'm quite familiar with having it was also watched. an excellent opportunity to just pop in as many easter eggs as they could i mean yeah i think the room was full of posters and effects yes that, uh, yes yeah. absolutely yeah like most of them i didn't uh get i guess but yeah i understood they were there at least yeah, this is a bit like um, a bit like Ready Player One, where you can probably you can watch it and just sit there and go, "That's that, that's that, that's that," you know, and, and not pay attention to the story at all. Really, you could just you know just tick the boxes of like, "Oh, well, this is the reference to this show, and this is a reference to that show, and 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 whatever else." You know, you could play bingo with it. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, it's like this feeling I get in the last episode. It's like uh, 
that this might not be the end. It's like, uh, well, will she manage to stay away from the world she's built, and what what will happen to the world she's built? Yeah, and I, so I think I wouldn't be surprised if I saw more on the back of this. I really wouldn't. Um, I think there's, I think there's potential for it to certainly produce more anime to be built built on this definitely but would that be in Akane's world or would that be in uh, Utah and uh, yeah in that world so I think that that would just have to follow Gridman right wherever he went so that's that's where I think the clever bit is because I think potentially you could spin it off in lots of different dimensions or different worlds and you know different story arcs and if you were really clever, you know, you would do a um, MCU and you would spin them off on separate paths and then have them brought back together again. Yeah. So you could you could imagine a series of short TV series or OVAs that sort of spun it off and then a movie that, that brought it all back together again. I I could if that happened, I wouldn't be surprised by um by it at all. I think I think there's loads of potential to do that. I'd definitely watch something like that but i mean it would have to be done right it's like it couldn't be way yeah. too long i can't i probably couldn't no. watch 100 episodes that would no no and i think because you've only got 12 episodes here i think it you know it would just be a series of short stories you know short series or ovas or whatever that would that would work for that and i think to make it work properly you'd have to release it fairly soon you, you know you, i don't think you could let too much time go between um stuff like that i mean hype dies out very fast yeah exactly um you know i think what they've done with um attack on titan i think they've probably left that just about the right sort of distance um from what i can see i think they might have left it a little too long (laughs) i'm unsure though I think the hype was about to die down when it uh, released again. When the so, second series came yeah. out, yeah. Should probably have pounced harder on that, but I think they were quite busy with trying to uphold their quality. Waiting for manga and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It's like a lot of moving parts. I think that's what they've done quite cleverly with, certainly with Thunderbolt um, Fantasy. Is had the first series, then they had a movie which, you know, just kind of whetted the appetite a bit and then brought the second series out. Um, you know, I think the timing of that was good to keep, um, you know, riding the crest of the wave of popularity with it. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's the type of thing Gridman would have to do if it was to build on its, um, to build on its popularity. I still not quite understand how Gridman actually functions. It's like, uh, no. <laughs> it seems like it has to uh, draw power from this old computer, and apparently typing encouragements to it uh, actually helps it. <laughs> it uh, this concept yeah. of this Gridman alliance is kind of a little, a little out there, I guess, for me. Yeah, like, uh, and I think I think it's some of it's a bit thin, wasn't it? The explanation or the um the background here was was a little bit thin definitely 
I guess it works. I mean, it's not like I'm going to sit there scrutinizing it. It's like a... No, and, you know, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the show at all, really. Um, you know, there's always going to be a few gaps and a few paper-thin elements to shows like this, uh, especially within 12 episodes. You haven't got the space to really flesh everything out. You know, you need to keep things moving along quite quickly to tell a, a complete story, um, and that's why I, I think ultimately it did a pretty good job. It, you know, it, it fleshed the characters out enough. Had you know good action. It, the story kept moving. Had plenty of room for good reveals and twists in it. Um, so I, I think from that, I think the pacing on it was was actually pretty good. Yeah, I would pretty much agree to that. I mean, on a completely different note, do you think Japan actually has emergency program? Uh, protocols for uh, uh, kaiju attacks. <laughs> Do you know I wouldn't be surprised? I think it's the type of country that would be quite prepared for um, that sort of thing. I mean, the characters didn't seem all that surprised when <laughs> <laughs> like uh, giant mechanical monsters were ripping up their city, but yeah. No, no. Yeah, maybe it's, um, you know, it's been around for so long now, it's maybe ingra ingrained in the psyche a bit. So, uh... yeah. Like a yearly uh, <laughs> occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's um, someone somewhere has thought about it. You know, what if, what if Godzilla did appear from the sea one day and started wreaking havoc in Tokyo Bay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm basically out of topics. Do you have anything else you want to discuss? There's no. a lot more. I think there's some music things we didn't touch on, but I didn't really pay that much attention to the no, OP and ED. It's like, they were portrayed quite a lot, and they were pretty good, but it's not, not like something I'd write home about. Yeah, I think the um, the opening was suitably kind of uplifting and energetic that fitted the show quite well. And the way the way the music was used through the series, it was I think it was fairly standard. Um, the music, I think, on a whole, yeah, like you, it didn't really stand out. There was nothing that was particularly um, memorable about it. So yeah, it just kind of was there. If you know, it, it went reasonably well with the um, visuals on the screen. So well, I didn't sit there and think, God, the music in this is terrible. But then, as again, I didn't sit there and say, this, you know, this makes me want to go out and get the tracks and listen to them. Um, you know, like uh, like some show. You know, occasionally you do get the, the odd show, don't you? That's like you know, a bit of music. Yeah, I mean, uh, fully coolly, definitely. That's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, for me. Like Elgheim, you know, I love, I love the um, the first opening Elgheim. It's been my ringtone for about the last twelve years. <laughs> not bad, not bad. <laughs> um, and that's got some great spot music in it. Um, Zeta Gundam's got some really, really good music in it as well. So, you know, there's certain soundtracks. And Evangelion, I think, has got great, great um, background and spot music, um, as well as great opening in it. So, you know, there's a few shows that I that really, really stand out, and then. There's a lot of stuff, um, you know, typically it's like, yeah, it's good. It works for the show, but I'm, 
I'm not going to go out of my way to 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 listen to it um, outside of watching the anime. So and and Greenman was like that. So yeah, nothing music wise. I don't think there was anything particularly um, memorable to to write home about. So um, yeah, but overall I enjoyed it. You know, I think you know as a as a Mecha fan, a long long time Mecha fan. You know, I've seen an awful lot of Mecha and you know pretty much all the mecha shows that this you know referenced so that that i enjoyed you know it was it was nice to see that you know it's still keeping um some of that relevant in the modern age because some of those tropes you know kind of have disappeared a little bit you know you don't you don't see them so much so um that was good and like i said if it if it gets people to go back and check those old shows out then i really really am all for that um, but I enjoyed it. I, it got off the shaky start, but it, it sorted itself out, um, you know, and after Frank's, you know, we, we took, you know, tore that to shreds over <laughs> two podcasts, yeah. really, didn't we? So, um, and this was, you know, maybe a bit of a return to form in the mecha genre for uh, Trigger, so. Yeah, so final verdict, I guess. Do you have a score? Uh, yeah, and it's an 8 out of 10 for me. Oh, that's... Uh... It's like seven out of ten, eight out of ten for me, I guess. And like, Karsten told me, like, uh, he said first seven out of ten, and then he amended it to six out of ten. So I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he isn't here, so he doesn't count. So yeah, I think if it got off to us, I think if the first three sort of four episodes had been a bit stronger and a bit more of how good the the last half of the series was, I think if that writing and that consistency and all the elements that that you know um really got hooked you and um you know maybe had a, a reveal a bit earlier on um you know maybe did something in episode two you know you'd have tolerated a standard first episode and then something a bit more happened in episode two or something i think that i think you know i could have maybe pushed it up a bit more but you know that wobble at the beginning um i think is what um you know keeps it away from being really good as I said, last seven episodes, absolutely fantastic. I, you know, I really, really did look forward to watching it each week. Um, you know, and I was when episode eleven came, and then I was really, really intrigued to see um, how they would close it out and if they wouldn't um, cock it up and do something stupid. And they did, you know, and it was pretty, you know, it was a bit choppy. Um, you know, as I said, it felt like it was trying to squeeze quite a lot in, but. But it was a satisfactory conclusion. It didn't really lose any loose ends. Um, you know, it did some interesting stuff in that last episode. So, yeah, I, you know, I was I was pretty pleased and satisfied with it as a as a series, definitely. Yeah, it was a worthy conclusion, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I guess all that's left is to thank you so much for uh, joining the show. Do you have anything you want to shout out? Um, no, so it's always a pleasure to be on so Frederick so I always enjoy talking to you and Carson and say shame Carson can't be here today but yeah always good to uh, talk about mecha anime so uh, yeah you can find my podcasts uh, the retro anime podcast and the retro mecha podcast uh, you can find us on twitter at retro anime or retro mecha and you can find both podcasts on soundcloud itunes stitcher tune in uh, spotify castbox uh, you know most uh, podcast hosting services uh, yeah just just search for either retro anime podcast or retro mecha podcast 
Sounds good. I mean, uh, you can find us on Twitter and SoundCloud, and uh, Carson usually do, does this bit, so I mean, uh, he'll probably leave a link in the description. Okay, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.